Live from Red Bull Studios, New York. I'm in love with my life. Hey, this is Mary H.K. Choi, and you're listening to Hey Cool Job, a podcast about jobs. Our guest today is photographer Shaniqua Jarvis, whose work you'll recognize from Teen Vogue, the New York Times Magazine, plus campaigns for Supreme and Nike, as well as her portraiture series, This Charming Man. She's friends with legit every cool person ever and has likely shot your heroes, heroes in sports, music, fashion, and pop culture. I'm in love with my Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming in. I'm super excited about this. This is like one of my favorite things to like learn about people that I've known. Uh-huh. And so I've I've done a deep lurk and a good stalk, and I think it's going to be fun. Um, Amazing. I can't wait to say that's not true. <laughs> let's, let's do lies. this. Yeah, yes. Jacques, lies. Yeah, jacuzzi, lies. So first off, where do you live? Because I always suspect you live in LA, but then I see you and then I'll sometimes see you in LA and then get really confused. No, I live in Jersey City. Okay. How long have you been there? Um, I think five years now. Oh shit. But you did live in LA. Okay. I lived in LA and then I lived in London. Right. And then after London, I went back and forth between LA, London and here. So that was the time when you were like, wait, are you here then? Right, like, right. I don't know where I am. But it sounds really glamorous and peripatetic now where you're like, I'm from all the places. No, okay. it's it it was it was very, very stressful. Really? Very hard. Yeah, because it's at that time it's not like I was bawling out of control. So I can be like, just catch me at the four seasons, catch me at Claridge's, <laughs> catch me. Nah, you'd be like, catch me on my girl's couch. Like, you know, the real part of like being That's amazing though. Middle-aged. <laughs> artists <laughs> trying to make it right. in the world. So let's go all the way back. You went to Parsons. I did. What was that like? Whew. Um, Parsons was super interesting because it was during a great time. So a lot of the people who went there when I was there were amazing and fun and great, but also they were also rich and white. Huh. So <laughs> that never happens at places. No, I, who's ever heard of a rich white person? I, I have no idea. Very rare. I mean, super rare. Um, so there were a lot of differences between myself and my classmates. So, for instance, like I taught swimming to rich and famous people's children. Oh wow! So I was just surrounded by rich and famous people all day long. Um, I worked for this amazing guy. Okay. And he used to work for Paper Magazine and. He was starting or helping to start Raygun oh, Nylon shit, and Bikini. Yeah. And so I worked with him. His name's Mike something. I forgot Mike's last name. And so I worked with him while I was at Parsons. And all of that was really insane for me. So I was like working while all of my other classmates were just like hanging out in their parents' homes and saying, God, it's so hard being me. I can't possibly art in conditions like this. I just can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So it was very sort of high-low for you. Yes, Which is always a real trip. And also it was my second college. So I also, (laughs) the first college I went to was UMass Amherst. Okay. And that was like... Great school. (laughs) Very legitimate institution. No, it was a legit school. (laughs) And I was forced to go there by my mom because she's like, you can be a part of the five college system and not have to pay. 
Right. And I was like, okay, sure. And what does that mean? Like, meaning you can take classes at Amherst, you can take classes at Hampshire, but you don't have to pay like the the Amherst or the Smith price. You can pay the, I mean, it's as an out of state student, you're kind of paying pretty much the same, but it's not, it's probably like 20 grand less. That's incredible. Yeah. Do they still have that? I've never, yeah. Like, I've literally never heard of that. Yeah. I mean, I I, um, applied to one school, got in, went very reluctantly, and then left. (laughs) So, Yeah. yeah. So, in terms of like, Photography as an industry, what was it like back then when you were in school? Ooh, um, I don't know. I don't remember. It was a thousand years ago. <laughs> um, no, it was it was very different than it is now. We were all working in film. Yeah. So the last class that I had in Parsons was the first digital class that they had there. Jesus. I know, ancient. Um, also, and, I'm afflicted with the same ancientness. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, I totally remember. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's no big deal. Um, but it was super it was super interesting because the the small jobs that I was hired to do were all, you know, I could rent the cameras from school and use, I was shooting film and and, you know, the things that were expected, like shooting on slides and like the timelines were completely different than now where it's like. I want it now and I want it for a dollar and I want it <laughs> I want it to like the best or worst that it can be. Like right. it's just completely different. And I think I had very New York uh, situation. So like I was at a bar showing friends, friends slides from a trip to Thailand and then a travel photo editor came in and saw me doing it at night and was like, these are, and she was probably like wasted. and was like, these are amazing. I'm going to hire you. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get published. Like, it was like that kind and of thing. And did she? Oh, yeah, she did. Incredible. Um, God, New York, God bless. I know, God yeah. bless that. But but it was it was crazy because then I thought, okay, well, that's how it's always going to be. Right. And it's not. No, it really isn't. Question. What at what point, you know, post Amherst were you like photography and like mm. what was that moment? So, um, I left UMass Amherst because my mom said she was done. Sorry, mom. She said she was done paying for my school. Right. And mothers she like, often finish paying for things. And yeah, they she inform was, you. <laughs> yeah, they're like, she was like, so listen, this is going to be my last year paying for you here. You can take out loans. You can do whatever you want. And I was like, fuck this shit. I'm not staying here. Like, you made me come here. Um, I'm going to figure it out at home. And so I took an internship with Paper Magazine. Mm. And I was working with a publisher. And that was horrible. It was a horrible existence. But working for Paper was amazing. Right. At that this time. Is like, I mean, this, this is like, this is 1997. Yeah. Which, I mean, Paper is <laughs> really good at still being that. It's it's amazing like how him, how many like weird media storms they've weathered over the years in yeah. terms of like him, David and Mickey like yeah. it's wild. And they're yeah. also really good at figuring out who's next. Yeah. And also they were I mean I I always say this about Kim and David, they were super supportive when I went to both of them. Like who can go to right. the editor-in-chiefs of a magazine? I mean the, you know, it's super small, you can walk up to them and say, "Hey, I'm super interested in this. What should I do?" Right. And they both were like just take a class, figure it out, see if this is what you want to do. Because all like every, all that I did for them was like go on set. So I was assisting their stylists, their photographers, you know, just being that fashion slave on right. the train with like loads of bags and stuff. So at first I was like, do I want to get into styling? And then I was like, no, I don't at all. It's so heavy. 
it's so heavy, but also just had like a weird flashback. Like, no, you've always wanted to be a photographer. You just like didn't think about it since like 13. Why? Like, is it about just like the way your parents are? Is it like, what is it that you, it didn't occur to you that this thing that you genuinely liked would be what you'd pursue? Because I had the same thing with writing for a really long time. I think, I really think that it was that in high school, so I went to Brooklyn Tech here. Okay. And um, I remember wanting to be in the graphics department because at Brooklyn Tech, you have to pick majors. Mm-hmm. And I Which remember- Which is a very good idea for a child, right? <laughs> in an engineering school. Right, right. So Close let these me, doors. Yeah, yeah, let me not even break down what the majors are. So- I went to my guidance counselor and I was like, I would definitely want to be in graphics because you can do photography and layout and all this different stuff. And she was like, well, your math scores are really high. Nerd. Your math scores are really high, so we think that you'd be a better fit in architecture. Jesus so, fucking Christ. So, so are, you, are you basically telling me that you were bullied by dint of being smart away from photography? That's kind of cracked. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And I remember being like, but if my math scores are high, can't I just do what I want to do? Yeah, right. She was like, no. I mean, again, this is an engineering school. They're like, right. you know, let's you let's put you where you should be, not where you want to be. Do you feel like it's a, it's a product of an expectation that, like, someone, quote, like you should pursue hashtag STEM? I don't know. I don't even know if my guidance counselor was thinking that deep. I really just thought it was like numbers. Right, right, right. Like I really think it was like there's 5,000 kids who go to this school. Empirically, you should pursue blah, blah, blah. You know, like, right. fa- you know, we have to put like a bunch of you into this one space. So, yeah. you know, and you, you said that you liked these things. So drawing and math, boom, architecture. There you go. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, a simple, yeah, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, yeah, you will then go Nuanced on. And da, 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 yeah, yeah, and yeah. if you saw what I drew, like, horrible, <laughs> horrible. Like, I, and all I would design would be like brownstones because it's like what I knew. I'd be like, here's a new brownstone. And, and the teacher would be like, oh, that looks like a brownstone. She right, were right. like really creative. And I was like, get me the fuck out of here. So, and so when you were like, I have this memory of wanting to do this thing, like, how was the road to like getting back there? Well, I remember being on set um, and I remember looking at the photographer and he was shooting like this massive like Levi's thing. That what did the photographer look like? He was white and blonde. And I'm not going to say his <laughs> name. I do remember his name and I do remember the stylist's name. They're, they were a team that worked together all the time. And I remember looking at him. I just... Like, I loved and hated him all right. at the same time. Like, I was like, oh, he has this, like, confidence and power. But the way he talks to people and the way he talks to models and, the like, like his ridiculousness just, like, threw me. But I remember just one day we were on set and I was like, this is, this is how you make a living at this, right. at this hobby or this thing. This is how you do it. You, you will work for a brand or a company and you will make beautiful imagery for them and then boom, that's it. Like I think in my head it was very simple. Right. I was like, okay, this is what you will do. But how do you get from where you're sitting right now to there? It was like, I don't necessarily know. So that's when I went to Kim and David and I was like, guys, what should I do? And they both were like, take a class. And then so I took a class at new school. And were you good at it? Yeah. And you and you could tell. Well, I mean, I here here's the thing. I think I really loved it, mm. and I loved what I was photographing, 
and and then I took a look back at you know I've probably been photographing things since I was five and huh. still have all of those photographs because I'm a creep reporter. <laughs> and so I just I just remember being like no this is something I really like and I'm and and then getting the confirmation from the teacher where she was like you're good you should apply to go to Parsons. And you didn't have that sort of preemptive fatigue where you're like, fuck, am I really going to go back to a whole other school? No, I think it, from partly being, um, like, teaching swimming and being a stoner at that time, <laughs> I, didn't th- I didn't think about how complex, how hard, what the financial situation would be. I didn't think about any of it. I just said, okay, I'm going to do this. And how hard and expensive was it? Um, it was very hard. Emotionally, it was it was super hard. Um, financially, it was a wreck. And um, I left actually because I was like, I can't, I can't continue to work, shoot, work for magazines, intern for magazines, and pay for school. Right. Like it was just like, uh. and I remember there was like one semester where I didn't even like take classes. I like worked in the office and that was like the worst yeah. because I worked with these two, um, I guess they were two deans and one of them was just super classist, sexist, racist. Fun. So, but, but then in a weird way, he also showed me like examples of what I deal with like a lot of the times with clients now. So it was like a weird right. foreshadowing of like, you know, if you can't deal with this dude, like you're yeah. going to, you're, it's like you're not going to be able to deal at all. It's like the first door in front of all the doors. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Do you feel like there was a competitive advantage to navigating New York as a whole as someone who did go to somewhere like Parsons in the time that you went to Parsons? Like do you still maintain a lot of those relationships? Um like with like people that then became your colleagues or whatever. For sure. I mean, I think that there's probably like seven of us that I still that's a lot. Talk to. Yeah. And I mean, I think when I'm, I know this is going to sound weird, but I think that not a lot of the photography majors are actually photographers now. A lot of them are like editors, fashion editors, or totally do nothing. <laughs> and then there's, <laughs> and then being rich people. Yeah, totally. And then there's other ones like, you know, like Ryan McGinley and Hannah Linden who actually like went off and did like a thing. Mm-hmm. And so my favorite thing is still talking to Ryan about, how crazy this whole world is. And like, there are certain things I'll complain to him about and he'll be like, yo, I get that too, Shaniqua. Like, I'll get it too, but from this, from a completely different angle where- Like what? Where I was, well, we were talking about recently how I hate when someone looks at me and they're like, here's Shaniqua Jarvis. We're going to hire her to shoot um, a black artist, a black singer, a black person- Right. She'll and know how to light it. She'll, oh, or whatever. Yeah. I have, I mean, I have a follow up to that um, statement that a lovely person gave to me. But um, I said to him, I was like, I, I really am bugged out by it because it just means that I'm only going to shoot for that publication like maybe once or twice a year. And he was like, <sighs> why? And I was like, because how often do publications actually cover black people? And he started laughing. He was like, yeah, he's like a lot. He's, he's like, okay, fine, I'm Ryan. But like, he's like, it happens to me a bunch. Like when they're like, oh, let's get him to cover these like 
you know, something that's like very specific in like the gay world or, you know, just like very, very, very specific. And I was like, I get it, but it's so, it's different. Right. Because it's different, but I, I understand that people do like to put you in boxes and my box is an obvious box. Right. Well, actually, um, speaking of your style, um, this is kind of how I would describe it. it. I think it's like most um, indicative, actually, if you look at your Instagram feed, which is not always the case with photographers. But the reason why I say that is that if I scan your grid at a quick glance, I can never tell if the people are famous for ads and editorial or if they're your friends. And there's like a very rare and immediate sense of intimacy where I... I can suspect that the people you shoot look like that in real life. And it's, it's really interesting. And, you know, I have to ask you, like, do you have a thing that makes you disarming when people are having their picture taken? And what is that? Like, what are your ingredients that sort of like manages some of that, like deer caught in headlights or that, or that really overly trained, like, selfie face that people give you know like like I feel like you probably have to go through a couple of layers to get what you do um I think uh that's why I get paid the big money (laughs) well no I I I joke but I'm not joking um I think that that is where my talent is is being disarming there's no there's nothing that I can say to you that's like I do this and it makes people do this other thing right or you know, my, my whole goal when I'm photographing someone is so that when their parents or someone who knows them really well will look at them and say, that's Jimmy, that's Karen, you know, that's Mike. Right. Because to me, it, it doesn't make any sense otherwise to capture someone in a way that's not truly them. Like, that's what I'm looking for when I photograph people, like their true essence, like who they are. And I think presenting myself just as I am, like not coming in and being, yeah. you know, a joke, um, allows the people that I'm shooting to be themselves. You know, I think people, you know, real recognize really like you're like, oh, I see that you're just who you are. I'm also just going to be comfortable enough to be me. But it's it's really interesting. And I think that, you know, as someone who has been on sets of varying sizes from like really big, um, you know, like mul- like hundreds of thousand dollar ads or like whatever to like still photography for like an indie type publication. There's a certain sort of like mammal alpha rolling that you have to do for vibes. And mm. like, I'm never the one like conducting the show, like, because the photographer usually like literally I'm usually waiting mm-hmm. and like trying to like elbow in between like hair and makeup and maybe getting like a 15 minute sort of window or whatever. And I feel that you as a photographer, again, as like the ringleader, have to be so like chill and cool. And Mm. to get to be that person, I feel like it requires actually a lot of like self-work, like not to talk all hashtag journey or whatever, but like, did you have to work at getting there? Um, No. I think it's always been this way. I mean, I've known you for a long time, so I feel like I can confirm, but I've never seen you work, so I wouldn't know that. Yeah, I think, I think it also comes from me, you know, in the formative years, watching people be such cunts to other people and Ugh. thinking that that's how you pull, you know, greatness out of someone. How I've you always, flip someone, yeah. Yeah, and right. I've always been like, no, that's not 
how how you go about this. And I think it also comes from like teaching kids how to swim. To me, it's the same thing, like getting someone to trust you within minutes. Like if you want to teach a child how to swim, that kid has to trust that you're not going to drown them. And you like, seriously, kids <laughs> no, are always true. just like, very- <laughs> you, you drop me, you drop me. And it's like, no, dude, I'm not going to drop you. You know, and it's the same. I think it's the same thing with working with, you know, other creative celebs, like whoever you are, whoever you think you are. Like, I think it's, it's that thing. You just have to look them in the eye and be like, I got you. I'm not going to make you look crazy. Come on my journey. I'll come on yours. And we'll just, we'll just come together. No. And I think that's really real because I think a lot of famous people are often victimized by their celebrity where people want their, that pound of flesh and they not, and it kind of really does incentivize certain people to make them look dumb or wild or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, like, so going back to the way I would describe your work, it's like, I know you take pictures of a lot of kids and they are clearly like your friend's kids and, or sometimes are ads, back to my earlier point, but (laughs) you, you, you make, um, sort of regular people look famous and you make famous people look regular and, if I was to describe your style, like in a TLDR or like a log line, I would probably say that. But for someone who... I'm going to use that. You should. I'm going to use that. I will give you credit. No, but like if you... I know you're saying that this is an innate quality in you, but how do you teach that to someone? Like, or how do you... Like if I were to say, give specific advice for that quality to someone starting out, what would that advice be? Um, be yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's that's kind of lame, but it's the truth. And I think I think therein lies the work. Like most people don't really know who they are, and most people are trying to be something that they weren't born to be. I think a lot of people are struggling with like, who am I? Who am I supposed to be? What like why am I here? What am I doing? And I think if you just come to this place where you're like, this is who I am, and you know, n- not be apologetic about it, and just be strong in who you are, I think. That's the first step. And then, you know, recognizing if what you're doing is what you're supposed to be doing. Oh, right. Totally. So there's like, I think there's many layers to it, but I think be yourself is the best advice I can give. Actually, and it it does really sound sort of like obvious and pat, but like, I think, you know, once you get older, you're like, I can't distill this to any more simple terms because it is true the temptation like it's so seductive to yeah. be an aspirational version of yourself yeah and like it's so and when you get older the blissful thing is that you get too tired to be that <laughs> yeah you're just like I'm just gonna be who I am and if people don't like it who cares yeah because you're because you're like I've gone so many years just doing the same thing and being me and and learning like what works and what doesn't work, right? you know, and especially like how you treat people. You know, I always say when I'm moaning to a friend, she's always like, well, just remember, be the friend that you want to be, be the lover that you want to be. You know, and I'm like, that motherfucker didn't, you know, she's just like reminding me that like what I want, you know, you have to put that out there as well. You you can't just be like, gimme, you know, and. Talking to you is funny because it's like, no, it it is, you know, be who you you know, be the you that you want to receive and like all this stuff. It's, it sounds like we're basically extolling virtues of like things that would be like printed on mugs, but it's so fucking true though. For sure. 
I'd like to also add in a hashtag fuck off because I also <laughs> that's also what I believe in as well. Like be yourself, but also know that like sometimes you just need to be like, nah, I'm not doing that. No, I can't like to really just be like, you know, fuck yeah. off. Yeah, I mean, and that's definitely learned from experience in terms of like what line is the abuse line. It's always like right here. It's but and you know people skate all the fuck over it when you're little, and especially as a woman, especially like if you let them, it's wild. I just I recently had a situation where I thought I handled myself in a way that I'm sure this writer thinks I'm maybe a bitch, but. I I had to say something to him because he like I came in and he was like, oh, this is what I was envisioning for this shot. And this and he was like saying like, oh, you should do it like this. And I just tapped him and I was like, are you the photographer? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, then I think you said. And I just felt sometimes with with and I know this thing to sound crazy. Sometimes white dudes need to shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. I can't even believe. A, <laughs> no, but as a writer, I'm like horrified no i mean and and i and i i didn't say that a writer needs to shut the fuck up because no but i would never say that but i'm but because i took it from he was just being such a bro that it it weirded me out because i'm like a you've clipped into my shooting time like any other writer would be like oh my god i'm so sorry we chatted we've you've only got 10 minutes now and now i'm going to use 10 like five of those minutes to tell you what to do and i was just like my dude and then, and then he also stayed. I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, and then, and then I felt bad for like chastising him. But then I was like, he needs to know because if he ever does this to, yeah. But then I was also like, but does he do this to other people? Right. And then that's what got me like super tight when I was like, I bet you he doesn't. I but bet you he doesn't. I bet you he doesn't. I bet you he looked at me and he's like, oh my God, she probably doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm like, or like, does she even know who this guy is that I've like broke down so heartily with like for the past war- however many minutes? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm shooting film for an editorial. So A, you know, I'm spending my own money on this. Right. So B, yes, I know what I'm doing. Also, like, I'm so into, like, I don't tell you how to do your fucking job. The reason why I'm like, oh my God, as a writer is because like, it's such a fucking overstep of boundaries that it's like unheard of yeah this is what i was thinking i was like who the I fuck don't, cares well see that's the thing i i don't mind a writer telling me okay we've talked about this it would be great if you got a few of these bits right sure right say that on your way out oh <laughs> god that's wild that's mm-hmm. like flagrant but i i was very proud of myself and am sharing this with you because i think that you know it, it i think maybe five years prior i would have just let him direct me and, and not just say, seethed about it afterwards and would have been like way. Uh, yeah. you know and like broken myself about it versus like and and what was funnier in that moment is that I said it and then the two women who also were you know a part of the shoot laughed because I think that they were just like you are being ridiculous right like just fucking just yeah. like and I think because I did the whole like shh like <laughs> I, th- I think that they're like, she brought a little comedy to it, but also like shut him down. Right. You know? God. So speaking of like, in terms of you being pigeonholed to be like, you're going to shoot this type of person. Mm-hmm. The other thing about the type of work you do is representation. And I was wondering, is that because you're being pigeonholed or because you have say in casting certain things? Cause I know that like some of your, your, like ads like Timberland, you do actively cast people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so has that, I mean, obviously, like, what is that process? And have you always prioritized it or have you had more agency to prioritize it? 
I think that a lot of people who um, are coming to me are looking for this this one thing, and they know that within that one thing, that that means that they have to allow me to cast. Right. So they're like, okay, if we want to have this kind of imagery, we know that Shaniqua has to go in and find the right person for this. Because sometimes, you know, people will be like, oh, we'll provide casting. And then it's like not the right magic. Yeah. You know, and even sometimes when they're like, oh, we don't really have the budget for you to like be a part of this. I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. Because in the end, it's going to be the best for the both of us if you just let me right. strong arm you into doing this. No, that's true. There's definitely a, cer- a certain sense of like discovery in some of the people that you shoot. Yeah. And I think uh, to answer your question, I think that it's half and half. It's like an equal half and half where people are like, okay, we'll get her. Like, I actually don't even know why some people hire me to shoot specific things. Like, I, <laughs> there's there's a few people I do want to email and be like, why are you always asking me to shoot this kind of person? But then there are certain, like, photo editors who will say, I really want you to do this because I really love this about your work. Right. But when it comes to commercial things, it's usually like, oh, we're looking for a portrait photographer who can get authentic <laughs> Right, work. right, right. You know what I mean? We really want something authentic and we want raw. diversity. We and, want diversity, yeah. authenticity. authenticity. <laughs> Is it a pain <laughs> in the ass to be responsible for all aspects of the shoot like that? I think... The fact that you can't actually entrust someone to know what you would want, right? I mean, everyone says that I can train someone to do that. And but I, can you is what I'm asking. Like... You I mean, I think you can. Okay. I think you can. I think I think I will be very honest and say that I know that I'm a control freak and I've learned to like bring my control freakness down to a level where people can still tolerate me <laughs> and still want to go to dinner with me yeah. and still want to be good friends. But I know I do know that about myself and I know that I, you know, I look at every project I get and I look at it as these little special gems yeah. and I want to make them you know, better than the deck that was sent to me. I want them to be like the shit. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll give, you know, all the energy that I know that I need to give to it. Is the energy expenditure emotionally and psychically exhausting slash expensive? Fuck yeah. Like I, I find it comical that like after a shoot, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to lay in bed for two days. But are you, and so you're that spent? Yeah, I, I think I give... And I'm learning to wind and I think it that in. Maybe that's like also like, because disarming someone is a sustained ballet. Yeah. It's not just like, it's like switch. No, 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 no. It's, it's, and I think uh, like my fiance laughs a lot about <laughs> this because he's like, yo, for real, like, are you really like you did one day and now you have to lay in bed for like five? <laughs> You're just on your fainting couch from Yeah, just out, like, yeah. oh, can you bring me some lemonade? Um no, I, I I really do feel like on set, and also it's like the buildup. Like if I'm sure. helping with the production, so it means I've been doing like production and casting, and now I'm actually then pressing the button. And beyond just pressing the button, I'm being the director for the day. So like, what's the music like? Are my assistants like happy? Like, are, yeah. is everyone having a good time? And, you know, because most, if you come on set, you'll be like, oh, it's like a party. It's like a dinner party. You know, there's good food. There's great work happening. And then like people are it's having a, a good time. It's a dinner party, but it's also more like a restaurant service. Yeah. Where it's like, can't feel my face. And then it's over and then everything hurts. 
Yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy because I, I, while I'm doing it, I'm not, I'm not like, whoa, you need to wind back. Like you don't need to be giving so much right now. I'm just like, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah. I'm like, let's just do it. Just get like, get it done. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's that like chemistry, like everybody needs to, you know, the room needs to smell right. Like you always walk in, they're like, oh, this room smells great. And I'm like, yeah, dude. I designed that. I designed that. <laughs> so when you walk in, you're like, Ooh. like, you know, because everyone needs to just like release their shoulders from their ears. And it's so many people. Yo, so many people are like this all the time. Yeah. They're just like crunchy. <sighs> just like a tight turd. <laughs> you All know, these tight little turds, yeah. Running round. No, but so what was your first professional shoot like? And what was it? Uh, and it can be your like first asterisk, like your first memorable thing where you're like, I'm responsible for this thing that I set out to do. I mean, I'm going to give you three firsts, and okay. I know that doesn't make any fucking sense, but. I'm going to do that because I can do whatever I want. So the first, so the first one um, was the one I did for um, the magazine, which I'm forgetting the name of, when I was in Parsons. Okay. So that was insane for me because I was like, oh, my God, I'm taking this person's portrait and I'm, get, I'm doing this thing that I really love and it's great and it's, it seems really easy. And the magazine loved the photos and it was great and it was a great experience. And I was like, whew, I can do that again. Fast forward to um, the first uh, like poster campaign that I did for Supreme, mm-hmm. and I did it on my own. <laughs> so I was doing video and stills. Jesus, when was this? This was probably two thousand and eight. Okay, nine. Okay, and so I had to travel to Lee Scratch Perry's house and then also to Damien Hurst's home in London. And both of them, I remember being like, there's a responsibility here because there's there was one person uh, from Supreme there with me, but it wasn't like, I didn't have like an assistant. I didn't have like the things you, you need, need. Yeah, like a, a sound digital person. tech. And like, yeah. Well, well, yeah, I mean, and this was also like, you know, shooting on like a, you know, like film camera. Like I wasn't doing right. like a 5D situation like for the video. That is such a, high wire act I know and even the fact that I wasn't like I think that's also the thing like wasn't uh mature enough or like badass enough to be like yo I'm gonna need this right and you know they're a great client they'll be like sure whenever I'm like I need this they're like okay and I don't know why I didn't think hey can we have another just a person just to like carry this hands yeah totally to set this up but also the responsibility and Supreme's always so good at this, where it's like a Lee Scratch Perry or a Damien Hurst. Mm-hmm. It's shooting them in a way that feels iconic because they are icons when they might not be recognizable to the audience. Even the person who's shooting them. <laughs> How about that? Fair. So, and, and also Supreme has such a, like, s- like, specific visual style, too. Yeah. How did the Supreme stuff come about? Um, my dear, dear friend, um, Angelo Bacche, who was working for, or he like just started working for Supreme and he was like, okay, I want you to come in and do, it was like a warp editorial for us. And I was like, okay. And so we did that together. And then I don't think I did anything else for them 
until I did, which is super random, until I did the Lee Scratch Perry and Damien Hirst shoots. Mm-hmm. So it was, very, it was probably like a year or two in between. And then also it was just very different. Yeah, no, completely. And I don't, and, and I say this and, you know, I can ask James and he can probably back me up, but I don't know if they knew that those photos were going to be what they were. Like, I didn't, like, because I don't remember them being like, yeah, we're going to do a poster and we're going to do our, like, first ad and we're going to do this and that with that photo. Or I didn't know that it was going to be on a T-shirt. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen with that photo. I didn't know I was going to walk into Dover Street Market and see, like, floor to ceiling, like, my photo. Like, I was like, what? Were you stoked or were you like, I didn't get paid enough? Both. Yeah. But, like, I also didn't, again, that's like, I just didn't know. I didn't know. I, it wasn't like, oh, this is something that you should be paid loads for. I was just like, this is an amazing thing, and this is great. Totally. You know. But don't don't you feel that like Supreme as a client, like forever, like ad infinitum is going to make you like relevant to like all the babies forever? I mean, I guess, but, <laughs> but in a weird way, like, does that get me a museum show? Does that? Like, I don't know. It's a weird, it like, is weird, yeah. it's a weird thing because it's like, it's great, but is it, is it everything? You know, I think it's a very special part of um, my work, shooting for them and working with them. And I think that the things that, you know, I was hired to do with them, I, I don't think anyone else would have hired me to do that. And I think that, like, I always am like, thanks, James. Thanks, Wes. Thanks, Angelo. Thank you for you know, thinking of me for these projects because I'm, I'm always like, you know, I, I actually did ask James once. I was like, why do you get me to shoot? You know, I used to call it the dying old man <laughs> portraits. Um, the well-lit dying old yeah. man portraits. Yeah. And then, and, and cause always when I'm like, oh, they have a new one coming up, they'll be like, hey, Shane, you got like a new, you know, dying old man sh- shoot. And <laughs> so James said to me, he was like, no, you just, you have a, you have a really good way of disarming people. And, sending you in versus like um like a male photographer you know it's it's very different from what we'll get and we you know they think about it oh let's get Shaniqua in for this guy Mm. versus like let's get like whoever else that they shoot with (laughs) and speaking of dying old men I feel like oftentimes you get a facial expression and going back to what I think about your style and your aesthetic you get a facial expression that we might not have seen from a dying old man that feels a little bit more private I think which is nice. Yeah. And I, I also think the um, most of the times where I've shot, these guys have been in their homes. Mm. Except Barrington Levy came to my studio. <sighs> Casual. <laughs> How was that? No comment. Fair, fair. <laughs> but I will say, even though I'm not supposed to be spreading this around the earth, he did ash in one of my plants. That speaks volumes about a person who I'm, goes to I'm, another person's area. I'm just going to leave. I, there's other things I can say, but I think being a, you know, a smart businesswoman, I'm just going to say he ashed in one of my plants. Fair. Speaking of being a smart businesswoman, <laughs> how do you maintain relationships with repeat clients? And do you have a lot of repeat clients? I probably have a few. I think nowadays um, clients don't have to be loyal to anyone. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think it sucks, but I mean, it's, but it also means that when you're like, Hey, Shaniqua, I've only got like 2k for this. It means I can be like, no, give me 20 because you're not going to work with me again. And you're full of shit. And I like, I know you have the money, your brand redacted. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, 
everyone now knows, like, unless you're like a younger kid in the game, but like most people, they have the money to pay you and they probably don't need to hire you again because their style might switch up where they're like, oh, this like, let me rewind. I feel like a lot of people love to be on trend right now. So let's get this kind of look. Let's get that kind of look. And so that means that they're bouncing around a lot yeah. versus sticking with, you know, like pulling a Marc Jacobs and shooting with a Jurgen Teller over and over and over and over again and getting that like one look. I think a lot of brands are like, we really like blah, blah, blah style now. So we're going to go that way. Or we really like this. So it's hard for a lot of photographers to, even if you're like at the top to like remain with these big dogs. Is it essentially impossible to be a photographer right now? I think it's really hard if you're just starting out. Like, I think I feel, and I do not like to use this word, but I'm going to use it right now because I'm being very lazy. I think I feel very lucky to have started when I did because there's enough people in the world who are like, oh, she's amazing and she's been working her ass off for all of these years and she's done this and her work's gotten better. I definitely want to work with her when I can. Right. And then... You become a prestige photographer for certain clients. Tra-la-la. But I see that there... I don't know. I just, I just don't know how any of the younger photographers are making money. I have the That's same what thing. I, don't, I, don't, I don't get. I'm like, you know, I, I recently was helping out... Um, I think a really great young kid who's also in Parsons, uh, and he was asking me about help for a job from a very big company. And what they were asking of him made me want to, like, it just, it made me feel like this is so unfair. Yeah. Like, what? And then I told him, I was like, ask for all of this money because, A, you can't sour the game. They need to know, like, your work's great. They need to know that they're going to have to pay for great work. They can't come to you and be like, oh, he's green. He doesn't know. Right. How did this How did this Parsons kid approach you to get this advice from you? Well, we met at one of Ryan McGinley's openings, and Ryan told that kid, like, hey, like, you should also know Shaniqua's work. She's great. She's part of the same crew. And then so, like, we connected via Instagram. But then why weren't you like, ugh, ZZZZ, go away? Because I think that I've always gotten help from people I think that the reason I'm like sitting here with you right now it's like there's always been a hand that's been like let me help you with your show let me help you with this let me help you with that and I think you you have to help you have to help other people and you don't feel like it's like starving Peter to feed Paul or like the zero-sum game where you're like no I just I just think that there especially for kids of color who are in this game, there just isn't enough support for us and there isn't enough places that they can go to. Like, you know, there aren't enough of us that are heroes for everyone else to go to and say, hey, like, can you help me? Or like went to Yale to get their MFA and has a cosign coming out of a graduating class. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, photography. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's so much fun. No, it's like writing. I, I, you know, I have the same thing with kids who are blogging, and people will pay. People will pay rent, paying other humans who don't have a trust fund, like two hundred dollars for an assignment. And I was like, what do you do with that? Yeah, like. But also, like, what? Where's your value? Like, what exactly. do you and value? Exactly, and also, if that's your entry point. Then, where do you go from there? Two hundred and fifty. Like, you will die of starvation. It's well, bleak. Yeah, 
And it's weird because I'll see some people and they're like, oh, you know, what are you doing now? I'm doing this. And I'm like, oh, you're not still working on writing a book? You're not. And they're like, no, it's just too hard. I just, I'm now like writing code. (laughs) No, which is great and like blessed. But like, isn't it weird how often that happens? Yeah. And it's like people our age where we're like, Jesus, like at what point did you let the dream die? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 th- I think about it often because I know that there's like another circle, like, like here's my circle of like photography and the things I can do within this little gym. And then there's like other bits outside mm-hmm. that I'm exploring that I'm really f- like not throwing all of my love into, but there's like stuff that I want to do. Like what? I'm not telling you. Fair. I'll interview you at a different day and be like, hey, cool job in this other job. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, I mean, but I think photography is kind of unique. And I think writing is similar, but I don't think to, to as much of an extent. But everyone is a photographer now. Everyone. Everyone is a photographer now. People are hired off of Instagram whilst being 12 yeah. and having like one parent who is very famous and then landing campaign after campaign and that's just their new life now like and these people are in the pool with you yeah what is that like what is that even like well there I mean I it's weird because I've never thought that those people and I shared the same like pool like I feel like they might be in like a chlorine jam and I'm in like a saltwater jam like it's <laughs> it's two it's two different things because I I can never look at myself and compare myself to the daughter of or the son of or you know, the person who sucked off, blah, blah, blah. Like, I could just, ne- because I'm not... But I'm, isn't it wild that they're even swimming at all? I don't... I don't... Yes. But I also think that that's our world right now. Yeah. And I think that, like, again, that's where I ask people, like, where do you place your value? You know, like, do you want me to come in and make magic for you for a dollar? Well, then you don't place any value on my magic. And so, therefore, I can't place any value in your shit, like, whatever yeah. you're trying to sell. And... I think that a lot of people are, they are going after the hype. And so then that's what they're getting, like hype shit. Like you hear, you know, behind the scenes where you're like, oh, that thing sucked. I mean, that's also like, we're looking at a lot of shit right now. Yeah. Like I look at magazines and I'm like, why is that photo, why is that photo out of focus? Like you guys didn't have enough balls to go back to that kid and be like, reshoot that shit. Like I've been a photo editor before. I've had to tell someone to reshoot something three times because I was like, I'm not giving up on you. Right. Go reshoot that shit. And I'm not paying you. Go reshoot that shit. Simple. But I feel like it's like weird children have taken over the entire station where I'm just like. Oh, true. You know what I mean? Where it's true. like systemic where you're and like, like hype. Like hype isn't just like the, the person behind the camera. It's like hype in front of the camera, hype as the photo editor. It's like that shit is really real where I'm like, yeah. did anyone train anyone no. ever at any point? No, I, I've had some wild style emails from people that I've decided I'm going to frame and put up <laughs> in places for people to see or maybe just stick it in a book. Right, a cautionary tale book. Just yeah, like, totally. you know, like how did you get to this great photo? Because I had these shitty emails from these children. And I think I, I always like to reference back to these like young turds who don't know what's up like you have done your job so I've done your job not that long ago wasn't like in the 50s I did your job like (laughs) a few years ago so let me tell you actually how you should speak to a person you are hiring yeah man the decorum level right now is shit it's so shit garbage yeah that's the (laughs) other thing it's like I feel like people I get all these emails from people who are essentially saying in no uncertain terms and usually it's like a fucking white boy being like 
I want to wear your skin and masquerade as you, rummage through your contacts and get all your money. Can we get coffee? And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it's it's like... That it's shit is real. So real. And it's cold. It's not even like, oh, meow, 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 gave me your meow, meow. It's like no. fucking... No. And it's like, I'm like, you're going to an Ivy League place. Of course I looked at your shit. And like, your Instagram might be private, but I've seen your photo now. And like, I know what your life is. And you literally think you can cherry pick the marrow out of my career. Yeah. And be, use that shit for yourself. Yeah. Be, I... <laughs> My younger brother said this to me just a few days ago. He was like, all that shit you did to get where you at right now, that's great. That's good for you. I just want to be where you at right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yo, my dude, do you understand? Because he was like, yeah, I remember you used to take me to Parsons. I remember, yeah, you used to to be in Soho. I get it. But whatever. Right, right, right. And yada, I was like, yada, wait, I'd want to be you. I was like, but do you understand that I'm me because of all of that shit? Because I like sold photos on the street, because I am good friends with these people for thousands of years, or because like, <laughs> I've like, it's not because I just woke up and was like, I'm so cute. Everybody fuck with me. <laughs> like, some people could do that, but that's not, and it's not it, me. It's I not my. That's the difference, too. It's like, we are in it for the long con. I mean, we're like, We've been doing it for so long now. So long. But not but in but in real terms, we haven't been, I think. I feel like the best us is just starting to show. Right. Yes, but because we have all this like fecund like <laughs> soil that we've been like investing in for so long. There's yes. a reason why I can do a fuck ton verbs really you know, TK superlative adjective. <laughs> like I am good at shit because I've been doing this for a very long time. And yes. And we learn because we have had to learn for so long that a lot of that, we still have a lot of like agility in like yeah. acquiring new information. Unlike these baby children who just like foist their agenda on you and pretend to know what they're doing. They're, Ask a fucking question. Ask a real ass fucking question. Yeah. And I think that's also to go back to um, the young photographer who I was helping out. He was like, I, you know, can I ask you this? And I, and I was like, Sure. Whatever you, whatever you need, like, is this right? Like, am I doing this right? And I'm like, I'm glad that you're not pretending that you're a businessman because, you know, what, what art school is teaching you to be a businessman? Also, like, when would I be convinced that you are a businessman? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, and the people who are hiring you are not yeah. convinced that you're a businessman. And that's why, you know, trying to take advantage. But I think that it's super important. I mean, even now, I, I always ask questions. It's still, I feel like I'm always learning. And I know someone else our age was like, when does the learning stop? And I was like, when you die, like you're always going to learn some new shit. Like just take it on. And the beautiful thing is like the difference between you knowing something and not knowing it is that someone just tells you. Yeah. It's really fucking simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I mean, open up YouTube. (laughs) Fire, fire up one of these YouTubes. (laughs) Open up YouTube. So, but we are living in a crazy time and you know, like, I think the sort of, like, you know, Jed Root folding is, like, so... They em- folded? It's, like, so <laughs> emblematic. Yes, 28 years. They folded, and it was, like, really... Over- and they still owe people money? They st- owe tons of people money. That's horrible. It, it happened overnight, yo. It did. That shit did not happen overnight. That shit was happening. But, like, in terms of, like, you thought you were re- represented, and then you weren't. That... Tell, yeah, ju- also just divulge and spill all the details. I, I know nothing. <laughs> I know absolutely nothing. I just know that 
um, our industry is changing. And I know that the the large budgets that we used to get are those aren't coming anymore. What like were those, what were the normal budgets for? I mean, I I I can even say like okay, let's say like year. Let's go to like seventeen years ago. <laughs> we're back in two thousand. What we're going to APT tonight? What? Okay, so. So I was working for an, an, an agency, and I remember one of the photographers, just like her rate, her rate for working on this campaign was like 70K a day. And it was like a five-day job. Wow. Not just that wasn't like her equipment or any, that was just like her little like, you know, I mean, and there are some photographers who still make yeah. that. There's like two. Yeah. <laughs> but there was also, you know, there was also this, this, this bit that like that kept going. And then there was like the recession and the recession, they were like, oh, they'll work for $2. Right. Let's pay them the $2 because they're going to work for it. They have been. But there's, is that still going on? The like, they'll work for $2. I think it's a layered problem. I think, okay. I think, I think that it starts with there's, there's now like, you know, there used to just be all these big advertising agencies and then they doled out the work to, you know, the art buyers and the art buyers went out and they got, you know, their photographers, they did the campaigns, boom. Now there's a bunch of like small agencies. Right. And, you know, small agencies, they have to take a lot more money than like a larger agency to keep shit moving. Yeah. You know? So then that means that creative then doesn't get as much as they used to. Right. So maybe, you know, let's say maybe Amex is still paying the same thing that they always pay to have Annie Leibovitz shoot all the stuff. But now, you know, this agency needs that money to keep the lights on. Yeah. So there's a lot less going. But are agencies as, as a whole broken? I think the system's broken because the industry has changed. It's like the it's the same as the music, music industry. industry right? totally. It's the exact same. It's like who we all have to catch up. And I think that that's you know the people who are going to continue to work are the ones who are like, okay, well, how am I going to change my model so that I adapt to this crazy shit that's going on right well, now? Well, how do you stay working so consistently? Because I'm so fucking good. I know. That's why you're on the show. I'm just saying. No, but like um, I've. I do feel, just being really honest, that you are on a more fortunate end of the spectrum, even like people in our generation. I think. And with like ads, like the people who actually will pay you, not just editorial. Right. Um, I think that, I don't know. But is, <laughs> but is it, no, is it as consistent as, as it appears? Um. I think I have like a f- like months at a time where I'm just like banging out like I'm like whoa another job another job another yeah. job and then there's months where there's nothing happening but that's when everything then comes out. Right. So it seems like you know someone's like let's hang out and I'm like I'm working I can't. <laughs> and then you know that seems like that's all the time and then like the work will come out you know and then it's like oh shit like Shinigu just shut that like it's I think it's like um I think I do work a lot, but I also know that it's it's a lot of like it's a lot of grinding. It's a lot of like, hey, hire me. Hi, really? Hi, hire me. 
No, I think I think you know a, a thing with photographers like when you're slow, you have to do you have to go back to your personal projects, and luckily. Like, I haven't worked on a personal project in years, and I've now I'm working on two, two really big ones. Okay. And I think because of that, that has just, like, pumped me into people's brains more. Like, like people were like, oh, Shanique was... Well, like, I mean, I guess that's thing. a huge part of the job, just remaining in front of pe- people's, like, eyeballs. Massive, and then also showing them that, like, you're doing this other thing. Like, mm. it's not like, oh, Shaniqua did this Charming Men, like, way back when. She's still doing that. It's like, oh, no, now she's doing something completely different. And Well, uh, speaking of this Charming Man, so how would you describe that particular portraiture series? Portraiture series. A really old one that I don't <laughs> want to talk about anymore. Fair. Um, I, I do like to say to people in the world out there... Um, that it was a necessary thing for me to do. It was a necessary thing to um, prove to myself that I could take great portraits. And I think that that project was very limiting because I had just like, I had no money and yeah. I was just doing and it. And this project, just, to, just for some background, is you shot dudes mm-hmm. in their homes mm-hmm. in three cities. Mm-hmm. In London... New York, San Francisco, and L.A. One okay. person in San Francisco. Okay. Um, yeah, it was it was this thing I was I was exploring a, a thousand different things. Like at the time, everyone who was hiring me was hiring me to shoot men, and I have my own weird theories about that. And then um, I also just wanted to be a better portrait photographer. And you you do you do get better the more you shoot. And the more that you show to like your good friends and say, hey, guys, here are 10. Here's a PDF. What do you guys think? You know, and you get better by you get better by doing. How many dudes did you shoot? I probably shot about 18. Okay. And And then I for the exhibition, I just showed 12 of those guys. Yeah. And did you feel like it was a thing that you had? in your portfolio that allowed you to like level up in some way in terms of like things you were hired for? Well, yeah, because I, I didn't, I went straight to showing it. Like Mm -hmm. the minute that I was done with it, I was like, okay, then I'm gonna have to show it. And I walked into this place in London and I was like, I'm going to show here. And every friend that I was with, they were like, you're bugging. You're not (laughs) showing in this place. Suck it. (laughs) And then when I showed there, I was like, no, you suck it. (laughs) All of you. All of you suck it. No, I, I, I think that it was, um, it was a great test for me because it was really that thing that I was like, I'm going to do this thing. And then I actually had to follow through and make it happen. Yeah. And it was so hard and stressful, but great. And and then so then everyone saw, you know, the press. And then they're like, whoa, you did that on your own. You didn't have a corporate sponsor. Oh, shit. And then it was just, it was like the right time because people then were like, we want that type of photography. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's what then became this trend of like, this kind of like pulled back, sensitive, yeah. raw, you know, that auth- like there's two <laughs> words that are like everywhere, the raw and authentic, raw and authentic. And I think, you know, people just really related to that. And they were like, okay, fine. You're a real photographer now. <laughs> do you have an agent? I do. How, I do. How a- much of you being hired this reliably is you 
politicking versus your agent? Or like, how does that work? Do you always need an agent? I know a lot of people who are complaining very heartily about their agents. Um, it's, I think that my agent uh, does the best that she can in this market. I think that it's very hard. And I think also um, the type of people that come to my agent are a little bit more on the corporate side. So they're not like fashion right. and that kind of vibe. And so I think sometimes they do look at me and they're like, oh, she's like, uh, I don't know if she's right for this or she might be a little bit too edgy where I'm totally not an edgy photographer. But I think that for her, there's been a little bit of struggle there and just also because like people are like we want to pay five hundred dollars for Shaniqua to do this and she immediately is like nah right no um I think having an agent is great because while you're sleeping they're sending your work out they are going on meetings while you're eating at dimes they are <laughs> dimes is splendid I'm I'm saying <laughs> I love dimes um but it but that's the thing that they are working while you aren't Unfortunately, they're not just working for you. They're working for probably like seven other people. Who are all kind of similarly. My roster is different. I feel like I'm within the midst of like random guys that do amazing commercial work. Mm. Like I think I'm like the oddball. But I know that my agent really wants to help me become a brand. Huh. Well, everyone has to these days. I mean, everyone has to. And I think that I don't know I just think it's super super tough and you're just you know I don't know they they it's like it's such a yeah it's such a hard one with agents because I think that they get a bum rep because I have a bunch of friends who are agents or who have been agents and I understand what they do but also being on this side where I'm like fuck this is so hard like, where's my work coming from? Like, you know, what's happening? Like, why is this fight so hard? And then I understand that it's just everyone. Like, every photographer will be like, I hate my agent. I fucking hate them. They're not getting me any work. And yeah. it's like, bro, they're, like, not going to get you work. They're, like, here to manage the work you get. If you if you go... Well, okay, that's a crucial distinction. If you go with that expectation, then your hustle is so different. Like, I just am constantly, like, in hustle mode. Like, who can I meet with? Who's now working at this magazine? Oh, you don't want to see me? I'm going to make you see me. Like, just, you have to constantly be thinking about what you want to do and where you'd like that work to go. So there's certain magazines that I'm like, like people are like, you know, blah, blah, blah. They want you to go in. I'm like, cause I don't want to shoot for them. And they clearly don't want me to shoot for them either. So I'm like, not going to hustle that up. But there's other places that I'm like, oh my God, I would love to shoot for them. Let me figure out who the art director is. Let me like get in there. Right. You know, and my agents, I look to to help me with my like billion dollar work. Like get me that Apple job. Help me get that bank of America portrait. Mm-hmm. Like, it's. I think a lot of people have these misconceptions about what an agent, like once I get an agent, I'm on. It's like, no, you work just as hard as you did before, right. you know? If not harder. I think you work harder. So you can recoup that percentage that your agent is taking. Yeah, you, yeah it's, it's all of it. You really have to like go for it. So in terms of... You know, we were talking a little bit about how our friends are like now in marketing. And I'm like, I thought you were an author or like, you know, mm-hmm. like, how are you ideating 
creative. I thought you were like a director or like whatever. And they're like, I'm directing paying these bills right now. <laughs> I am orchestrating. Yeah. Do you think New York is a cruel place to grow old as an artist? I just think New York's a hard city. And I feel I, like it's this weird curve too, where it's inhospitable when you're young and it becomes inhospitable again, like around your forties where it's like that reckoning. I think it's a little bit later. I think it's more like, like if you, I think it's more like sixties, I think 40 to sixties, you can still hustle and you can still work. But I think when you need a little bit more help is when New York is like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> This elevator is never going to be in service. I'm not. You are not getting healthcare. Like, there's a lot of things. Like, food. You want food? No. You have to live in this neighborhood where there's nothing but a shitty bodega. Right, you know, right. like forty to sixty. Like, you still out there? Like, you can still be out there at the club, like DJing, doing whatever the fuck you no, want. No, but I do. feel like. Don't you feel like there's like a fork in the road where like you really have to recommit, and it's like those like you know like repeating your marriage vows basically at 40 where you're like, I'm, I'm really committed to staying in this hell box. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe I, I don't know. I mean, the reason why I bring this up is like, I do think it's hard when you're in the spotlight for a while in New York where it feels like the sun and you feel like you'll be warm forever. And like that, that ceases. And similarly, you know, like you and I enjoy the fact that we've weathered ebbs and flows and like mm -hmm. we still have very specific voices and eyes and this that, and the other. But, you know, I do wonder w once the jobs stop coming, like what that actually is going to feel like. Not just like a slow period, but like donezo. Well, I think that that's where, you know, if you're a smart 40-something you will be working on your next. I think that's really crucial. Like it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's something that um, my fiance and I talk about a bunch where we're like, okay, so how are the next five years looking? Yeah. Like if it's been, if, if work's been slow now, what's it going to be when you're 45? What's it going to be when you're 55? Like, I guess that's what I mean. Like I think around your forties, there is a pivot or a level up or a, or a stagnation and death. <laughs> it's dramatic no but it's true like you have to learn to tackle how to solve a different kind of problem with the skill set that you have or a skill set that you might be able to augment yeah um i will okay i will first say that i think new york is a hard city and i think to navigate all of that mm -hmm. in this city is hard but i think you also have to you know figure out what works best for you do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like what, what works best for your soul? Because I know a lot of people sometimes are like, why in Jersey City? And it's like, well, we're there because we own a property and it's not as dramatic as being like, yo, I'm from New York. I'm from Manhattan. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I don't have to prove shit to you. Yeah, you're from fucking Wisconsin or wherever the fuck you're from. Like, why don't you go back there and like make it? Like, why don't you do something? Sorry, that was just a little tangent there. No, Sorry. but it's so true. But but I say that to just say that, like, even within us being there is a part of, like, not dying out slow. Like, we're not using all of our resources to live, like, next to our best friends. Like, we're... No, there's moments of... It's like living in... It's like self-care. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, my hustle 
in Jersey City is not the same as it would be if I was still living on the Upper West Side. Right. Like the things that that I like to do or didn't like to do or places I'd want to be or where I spend my money, it's completely different. Because I also, you know, I'm like, this could be the last check I ever get. <laughs> like every time I get a job, I'm like, this could be the last job I ever get. You know, and get really, like, emotional about it. And it's like, but then another job comes and another job comes. Well, and and also it makes your hustle different in the sense that, like, you hustle for your own time in a different way. Where you're like, I'm not dealing with the shit and I'm really going to fetishize the shit out of my own personal time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, I think also learning to be, again, being honest with who you are and honest with yourself. Like, yo, I'm not going to that shit. Yes. Oh, I love not going to things because like, you no. choose not to. Yeah. yeah. And like, like there's sometimes, I, and I know you know this, where we're like, yo, I got to go to that thing because I got to see blah, 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 because I'm trying to fucking work with them yeah. or I need da, da, da. But there's a lot of that now where you're like, I don't even give a fuck. <laughs> right. To, like, it's, I don't it's care really, if they see me. <laughs> it's really got to be the perfect storm of like, I'm going to ricochet off of this thing and this thing is next door and then I can shoot out these, these things and then blah, blah, blah. Like, mm-hmm. but more, you know, it's funny, like, FOMO, right? It's this like, you know, fear of missing out because it's exciting and I want to be there. But when you get to a certain level, it's like more like fear of missing out on some sort of like job opportunity where you're like, but yeah, increasingly it's got to be very, very lucrative Yeah, to like coax me the fuck to like Williamsburg or Bushwick. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot. And I do think, and <laughs> you know, Shaniqua is gagging. Um, no, I'm but, not. I'm just smiling so hard right now. <laughs> is what are some things within, like, photography, specifically in the photography that you do, where you do it, that you haven't done that you would like love? There's a lot of things that I'm working on now that I've never done before, mm. and I'm really excited. Like what? I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you. Okay, there's there's one there's one project that I've that I've been working on that deals with memory. And then there's another project that I'm working on that deals with my dad. Okay. And then there's another project that deals with women and how they've been um affected by Trump. Okay. <laughs> um, That's so very very real. And and it's been amazing and um I can't wait to share all of those things, but all of them, they are very different from what I've done before, but there's a lot of similarities mm-hmm. between like the portraiture work and some other stuff. But I think, I don't know. I think the stuff that I'm moving into, I'm, I've gotten like, it's given me like new breath and I'm like, whoo, yeah. excited. Like when people are ta- like talking about shit, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I have my thing. Yeah, get your shit. (laughs) In terms of like when we talk about like pivoting or leveling up or whatever, is that how you're pivoting or are you pursuing entirely different verbs from photography in tandem with your career? I think that I I think before I was limiting myself to what um, people's expectations of me and my work. Like I was just like focusing on that, like oh, Being they want the best me that, yeah. yeah. And I think now I'm I've just gone back to like reopen journals and diaries and been like, oh, this is where you want to be. This is what you want to do. Focus on those things. Like come back to yourself so that you can have this like other hit within your career. Like so you're not just doing the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. you know. And and 
to get like re-energized by photography because it was like a few months ago I was like fuck this shit no that's so I was like I don't like this anymore it's boring right and it's inhospitable yeah and like and and people who are doing it it sucks like their work sucks and I just have to keep seeing like ugly shit so I'm like wait is my shit shit or is that shit shit like I just couldn't I was like I can't I can't and and then (laughs) I like came back to myself where I was like no you're just having a moment. How did you come back to yourself? No, I think I just took like a break. I think I took like um, a phone break. I think I took like a people break. And it was like a short one. It wasn't like, oh, I went to a silent. Um, Six weeks so Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't do any of that. I didn't go upstate and like be quiet for a while. I think I just was like, like, what do you want? You know, I think I think a lot of us have to ask each other, like, what is it that you want? Yeah. And be honest about that. And the minute that, you know, all of that truth starts to come out, it's like, oh, shit. Right. That's what I want. Uh. And then you're on the hook for actually, like, yeah. Yeah, once you say it, once it's out there, then it's like. You travel a lot. So much. My lower back hurts right now. No, you travel a lot. Is that, like, work? Is it self-care? Like, it's always work, and then I'll add on a day or two where I can just, like, lay sideways and take, like, photos and be like, you're not here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being very honest. <laughs> you hate me because you ain't Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Very. Today's office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm clearly out of the office today. Um... um I love to travel. I think that's one of the things my mom blessed me with as a kid. She would be like, you know, you're not getting that stupid, you know, Game Boy. You're actually going to get this trip to this place. And it really opened me up to um, wanting to explore and experience just everything. Just like really wanting to be open. And And she really instilled that within me and really like was... You know, she's excited every time I'm like, hey, I'm going here. You know, and sometimes, you know, she's like, can I come? And I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> you can't come with me. And she's like, but I used to. And I'm like, yes, you used to. It <laughs> ain't now. Um, oh, this is a job. Yes. I mean, she, but my mom would be like, but when I used to go work at blah, 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 I'd have you come. What does your mom do? Well, she is now retired. What, what did she do? Yeah. She was like the ultimate nerd. So she, her job was a teacher at law firm. So she would teach these really specific, smart people how to use very easy computer programs, but like all over the world. So she would travel and live in random places, like random places to teach people at these firms and that's what she did. But for like growing up, she'd always work. She always worked at law firms doing different things like word she, processing. Right, 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 <laughs> like right, right. My mom was a word processor. <laughs> it totally. makes me laugh so hard. File maker, maker, maker. Yeah. yeah totally. You're like, okay. So did she have an idea in her head about what she thought she wanted? Did she have an idea in her head about what you should do with your life? She just wanted me to experience all the things. Like, my mom is a New York City woman. She grew up in New York. She lived on 12th and A, like everyone else. Like, she was, she, you know, I always feel like she was way cooler than I will ever be. Like, she's just like, 
that person. You know, right. when I'm like, oh, my friend Musa, she's like, everybody lived on 12th and 8th. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, you, she's like, that's where I first lived. And I'm like, oh, shit. How was that in the 60s? You know? Yeah, totally. Um, she she did throw a, a bit of a shit storm when I was like, I'm going to go to Parsons. I'm going to be a photographer. And my mom just looked at me and she was like, why do you want to do the hardest job ever? And I'm like, you don't even know what photography is. And I like forget that like, you know, you forget your parents are people, people who have yeah. had dreams. Like she probably had the same dream. Like she used to take photos and, and, I, and she was just like, it's just a male. She was like a white male's like career. Like you sure. Right. And, you know, and, and I, and I, when she first said it, I didn't get it. I was like, what are you talking about? It's going to be fine. Yeah. And then like five years later, I was like, mom, oh my God, that's what you said to me. And, you know, and like oh, talking to my mom about like jobs and things and all these different things. And I think my mom was always just shit scared about that aspect, about me being a black woman in the corporate world and like the things she's had to deal with. And then being like, how do I protect my daughter? Like through education, through experiences, like how the fuck do I get her to like be on a level where she's just confident. She's just confident and smart, and so she she can power through everything she needs to go through. You know what I mean? And I think not until she came to my show in London was she, like, okay with me being a photographer. She was like, whoa, this shit is – she was like, this is amazing. Like, she was like, you must be so, so happy, but also overwhelmed because it's overwhelming for me. She was like, there's so many people here. And I was like, it's true. There are so many people here. And I was, like, it, it, I was like, it is overwhelming, but it's like, this is my job. This is like, this is what I have to do. God, it's so, isn't it super interesting the way you see your parents when it feels like they're just withholding approval of a decision you made mm-hmm. versus what it is in reality is this like gut-wrenching fear. Yeah. And like just empathy and like pre-pain for the pain you're going to experience so much pre-pain so much pre-pain where she was just like yeah wincing and like you know she i was like mom i can get you know i can get this internship with george pitts at vibe and she's like how much is it paying and i was like he told me he can't pay anything she's like not even a metro card and i was like not even a metro card and she was like fuck that don't do that actually you can't do that and i remember i went back to george pitts and i was like yo like can you give me like a hundred bucks a month like something like my mom is not and i think he was like you're a grown-ass woman like why are you asking your mom and i was like because i still live with her and I go to art school. And he and and I just remember my mom was like, No, you like your time is worth something. Yeah. Your time is always going to be worth something. And at that point I was like, No, but he's gonna teach me. My mom was like, He's not gonna teach you anything you can't learn on your own. Right. And I was like, But it's also, you're gonna have to dig that teaching out of all these people that supposedly are going to teach you. Yeah, they're just gonna be like, Can you get me a copy of that? <laughs> yeah. And two of these? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, totally. But I just was like, you know. Oh, and it's so hard to also know when you're a kid that it's not coming out of their pocket. Like, it feels like you're, like, lightly shoplifting them. And it's not. It's like you just have to ask. It's it's coming from the ether, basically. And it costs yeah. you more than it could ever cost them. Yeah. And I think that's the th- I think that that was the lesson. Like, just ask for something. Like, you're worth something. Like, you, you are bringing them something. Like, you're a young kid with ideas that's out there in the streets. They're in an office. Like... That's so invaluable, too. I mean, yeah. And there's so many moments where I was like, God, you're being such a bitch. <laughs> oh, I hate you. But then, like, you know, a year or two later, I was like, no, she was actually really right about that. Yeah, isn't it despicable the way they are? It's horrible. Yeah. It's I mean, I listen. I do listen, but. So your mom told you it was a really hard job. Your mom was right. 
Um, yes, she was right. But how, <laughs> just like how to illustrate, how male and white is it? Everyone on my roster at my agency is a male and they're white. Maybe there's just more of them or something. No, okay. <laughs> no, but like what? Okay, so what is like the most illustrative, least racist and sexist thing you've ever experienced? And it, um, it doesn't even have to be the worst. It just like the, the one that like affected you in a certain way. I mean, there's so many. There's not one that's like, oh, my God, that's so painful. Like, there's, <laughs> there's been a few like, oh, my God, I can't believe you use your, your name Shaniqua. What is, what is that? Meaning like, okay, so my name is Shaniqua. So why don't you use like Sally or Jennifer or Jessica? Like, Something that sounds white. <laughs> people. A person asked me. He's like, I'm surprised you use Shaniqua. Oh, my God. That's one. Um, I think. I think that. I think that. But, but, I laughed at. I still. I know no, you're like it, your mouth is so open. I laughed at it because I was like, Ugh, because of it's like I use my name. It's enshrouded in this weird, like, helpfulness. Yeah. Like, why don't you just? I'm like, why don't you just go suck a bag of dicks? Right in outer space. Definitely in outer space. <laughs> what else? Um, I think. I think the hardest part is is when. A man assumes that I, I'm younger than mm. I am because they look at me and I've got this beautiful, you guys can't see pristine. me right now, but I got this beautiful, pristine fucking face, this hot body. No, they, <laughs> but no, people, they're like, oh, you're like, we, I didn't think you were over 28. And I'm like, but I told you, right? <laughs> I told you when I got out of high school, I told you that I have my own shoe with Adidas. I'm a black woman photographer. You really think I'm that age? Right. And have done all this? Right, right. When would I have done all this? Or, or when, more when? importantly, when, how many doors would have magically opened for me so instantaneously that I would be here if I was that age? That's always my thinking. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know if that's just like victim thinking or it's just crazy. But I'm just like, isn't that, doesn't that make sense? You can Google it. Um, so they look at me and they say, oh, she's young. She doesn't really know what she's doing. She doesn't know what she's talking about. When I'm always thinking like, oh, they should be like, oh, like we bear, we never have anyone who looks like her come in the building. She must be a G. Like that's what I would think. <laughs> I would be like, yo, she must be the best. Deductive reasoning would suggest that. Yeah, totally. She's the best. But maybe they're like, she was the cheapest. Or maybe like, I have no idea. But when it comes down to the like, do you really know what you're doing? Or, right. Um. Do you think you would have pursued photography if you had known with such a sort of like seismic understanding that your mom was super right? Yeah. I fucking love it. Do and you, I'm are good you, at it. Like, yeah, I would, I think I would have, I think I would have done it, but I would have done it in a different way. I think I wouldn't have gone to school. I think I would have really? just, I think I would have assisted and I think I would have, um, but it's gone a different route. Is that assisting slash apprentice game even still viable? No, because I think a lot of assistants are assisting people who don't know what they're doing and they actually know more. I'm sure all of my assistants would say <laughs> that about myself. Um, one of my favorite um, assistants, I s sent him a horrible email the other day. I was like, can you just do all the work because I'm lazy, but I want all the accolades. <laughs> <laughs> so just do it, and then I'll take all the credit. And he was like, okay. So your advice would be be so, like, preternaturally good and talented that you can snake 
all the credit for the young people helping you at this stage of the game. <laughs> no. Don't let that get out there. Um, no, I think my, my last words is like, just fucking work hard. Know when you're good at something. Know when to bow out. Um, know your worth. I learned that from the Joy Luck Club. <laughs> know your worth, Waverly. Like, I just like, <laughs> I am her. I know my worth. Um, know your worth. Know... Um, and know where you want to go. Be realistic with yourself and dream and hope and pray and do all that shit. But be realistic with yourself and be be real. Like try to be in this world of like craze. And, and yes, also let your assistants do all the work and take all the credit. Perfect. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you for me having me here. Yay. I'm going to eat all these high chews now. Do it. I'm in love with my life.